the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Start. Let's see. A little slow this morning. Long day at the office yesterday. Earning season could kind of create those hmm, rough days, to say the least. Um, long story short, let's see where we go here. Um, give me just a second. I will figure this out. I do promise. Uh, yeah, I'm slow today. This should be an interesting train wreck of a show. Fasten your seatbelts. I thought yesterday was a train wreck of a show in a great way. Let's see how we go today. Ah, let's take a look at the market numbers. S&P 500 up 8. Above 1,500? Whoa. 1,501. Kind of nice to see. First time since 2007. So we got the market numbers. We got the SP up eight. We got the Dow up 79. We got the Nasdaq down five. More importantly, Apple had what is referred to, depending on who you are or your perspective in life, a mixed bag for Apple. Solid revenue, beat on earnings. Stocks tanking. How bad is it? Down 50 points, 462. If you liked it at 500, you love it at 462, or are you out? Is it a momentum play, or is it a low valuation play? It's good questions. What are they going to do with $137 billion? That's another big question. You can buy back a third of their stock. Slowest profit growth since 2003. Sales growth uh, slowest. In 14 months, 14 uh, quarters, quarters. So Amazon, Google, and Samsung clearly having an impact on the mind share of Apple. China's huge. China sales, as far as a category, amounted to about $7.3 billion. China's growth rate for iPhones was triple digits, but that's off a very low number. They earned $13.1 billion in the quarter, and people are disappointed. That's pretty crazy. Um, let's round up to 15 and say they earn $60 billion a year. That's not too too crazy. That would take them about, what, eight years to buy themselves back completely as a private company. That's a smart number. But, again, you don't... Analyze like that. There's more to it than just that simple of a, a look. I'll probably talk a lot about Apple today. You know, there's there's ways to look at it as far as risk. A lot of the risk is out of the stock now at this point in time. It's momentum risk. How low can it go? 425 would see a huge wave of people jumping in because that's where the stock was a year ago. Um, 
overall, the earnings are very strong. Fundamentals are very strong. Relative valuation, very strong. If you compare them to Intel or Microsoft, you'd be like, they're going to do fine. If you compare them to Samsung, they're cheaper. Price momentum's all wrong. And that's a little bit of a concern, because you do need a fan base. But they got to a point where they had too big of a fan base. Too many people liking the stock too much. And again, was it overpriced at 700? You bet. Is it underpriced at 450? Probably. Is that, you know, a tradable concept for you? I don't know. 47.8 million iPhones in the quarter versus expectations of 48 million. Real expectations, probably about 50 million. One of the things that's clearly happening into them is people are not buying IMAX. Uh, those estimates were on the low side, too. So that's been one of the theses on why you want to own Apple is because more and more people are going to Best Buy instead of buying a PC based with Windows. They're buying a PC based on Apple's operating system. So 4.1 million max. The expectation was for 5 million. There's two things happening there. There's the concept that people are saying, you know what? I live in an apartment. I really don't want a big, clunky notebook. I'd rather have an iPad or an iPad mini. So their products are cannibalizing themselves. A lot like the iPod has been completely replaced, in my mind, has been completely replaced by the iPad or the iPhone. Now, some cannibalization is good. It's accepted. It's part of the norm. You kind of want to see it. Not too much. Uh, Margins were affected because they launched more products than they've ever launched in their history. So it takes a little bit of time to get the factories warmed up to get the yields to where you want them to be. They should have better margins this quarter. Um, Record iTunes results of $2.1 billion in revenue. Music, apps, and movies all broke out iPhone 5 sales, uh, triple-digit growth in China. Margins, uh, not good. So they opened four new stores in China, 11 new stores in the world. They're expected to return about $45 billion to shareholders over the next three years, if not more. So there's some things that look promising, you know. Uh, I think the iPad Mini is a great controller, a great product. Uh, to play with TV with. Their ecosystem has standard-setting products, third-party apps, and retail stores, although I think Google has a similar product at this point in time. A lot of people are going to be calling for Jonathan Ivey, Apple's chief designer, who's probably one of the greatest industrial designers in the world alive right now. He's the guy who came up with the concept of the iPhone, making it sleek. Before then, we had big, chunky phones with batteries that were thick and, and stored more data or stored more power. Um, so I'm not going to say it's mixed because clearly the stock is washing the hands of weak shareholders. And clearly, if you look around, the Dow and the S&P 500 are rocking and rolling. So guns, we don't need no stinking guns. You know, it's like... Uh, Investors don't need Apple right now. They can look elsewhere. With that said, should you buy it? Hmm. I would wait at least a day or two to let more hands and more uh, cuts sink in from analysts. Analysts were just flat out wrong. 
again, if you give it a valuation of, say, the S&P 500, where it's growing sales and growing earnings faster than the S&P 500 company, then you go, wow, this is a $700 stock. If you give it a valuation that it's eventually going to become a commoditized tech company, then you go, this is about right. So it depends on how you see things. Um, you know, a 2.1% dividend yield, massive return on cash to maybe shareholders, or do they go out and buy Square? What do they do? Investors are going to want to know. So tonight we're going to get earnings from, um, let's see, latest quarterly reports out this morning. We're going to get Bristol-Myers Squibb, Southwest Airlines, Raytheon, Stanley Black & Decker, Union Pacific, Xerox. Tonight we get Microsoft, we get Starbucks. Um, Netflix had a great quarter. Netflix probably sent a big thank you kiss to Apple for coming out with the iPad three years ago. Just three years ago. Because a lot of people have iPads and they're watching Netflix on their iPads. So they're cutting the cord to the TV. Now you can buy wireless adapters for your TV to do Netflix. Not a problem. But, this is a big but. It's pretty convenient to do it on your iPad as well. Anyhow, anyway, let's take a break here. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. I'm going to be sending out a newsletter later today, probably addressing Apple, if not today, then tomorrow. So if you want to get a copy of that, you have to go to my website, robblack.com. It's robblack.com, and sign up for visitor sign-up. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Bay Area update is brought to you by Garmin. We're headed out towards Petaluma where an accident has just been pushed off to the right-hand shoulder on South 101 right at Petaluma Boulevard South. We are seeing stop-and-go traffic between East Washington Street towards Castania Road. A look in Vallejo where it's your typical delays coming off the Mare Island Bridge heading westbound on 37 and that stretches all the way out towards Walnut and Railroad Avenue. Westbound 4 is still jammed from Hillcrest Avenue to Lovebridge. We're starting to see delays to Castro Valley heading northbound on 238 from 580 towards East 14th. At the Bay Bridge Toll Plaza, traffic has been backed up from the 880 overpass. Mass transit running on time. Hate traffic, don't be a hater. Get a Garmin Newbie with subscription-free HD digital traffic and avoid it with updates as often as every 30 seconds. Drive with Garmin, the most trusted name in GPS. For more traffic information, log on to SigAlert.com. I'm Karina Velasquez with your Bay Area traffic. The challenge? Securing a home loan fast. With Bay Area home prices at their lowest levels in years, you need the right partner on your side. A partner who will make the process of securing a mortgage simple, straightforward, and fast. The partner you need is Tony Mendez of Partners Mortgage. Financing a home is the largest transaction you'll make in your life, which makes it important to use a company that has the necessary experience in all aspects of the industry. Tony Mendez of Partners Mortgage understands the process and the problems that can arise. Working with a team that understands the process and can anticipate the issues is more important today than it has ever been. So, when it comes to purchasing, refinancing, and pre-approvals, choose a good partner and one recommended by KDOW's own Rob Black. Choose Tony Mendez of Partners Mortgage. This is Tony Mendez from the Real Estate Report here on AM 1220 KDOW. My motto is, I get loans done. Visit me at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. License County Area. 
The bill pay shuffle. You just did it. Can't pay this bill. Stall this bill. Pay this bill or else. Shuffling bills, loans, and working overtime are not your answer. Earning more money is, but you have so little time. Income at HomeUSA.com. With a computer and a bit of time and desire, you could be banking serious money from your kitchen table. No home sales parties and no pressure. Income at HomeUSA.com has been helping our listeners for over 10 years. So stop the bill pay shuffle. Income at HomeUSA.com. Listeners, here's an amazing way to earn quit your job money from home. Income at HomeUSA.com wants listeners who want to work from home. I have to tell you, it's the best decision that I ever made because we replaced my income and my husband's income. This business has allowed us to quit our jobs, and we're both at home full-time and loving it. Best decision I ever made. They're even giving away $1,000 to someone just for checking them out. Income at HomeUSA.com. Income at HomeUSA.com. Income at HomeUSA.com. Hi, this is Marianne Cadorna inviting you to listen to KDOW this coming Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for my program, Real Estate to Real Life. I'll review the local real estate trends as well as taking a look at where we've been and where we're headed. I'll have interesting guests as well as bringing newsworthy entertainment for you. This is Marianne Cadorna, and I look forward to meeting you on Real Estate to Real Life this Sunday morning at 9 a.m. right here on AM 1220 KDOW. In the last several years, real estate has never been more affordable. Opportunities for investing have never been better. But sometimes financing, especially for investors, has never been more confusing. Hi, this is Joe Cachera. Join me and the entire Real Estate 360 team weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. as we will help you better understand the world of real estate from an investor's perspective. Guest experts help us cut through the confusion. RE360, weekday afternoons at 3 p.m. here on AM 1220 KDOW. Stocks are higher. The S&P 500 index gaining for a seventh straight day from Bloomberg World Headquarters in New York. I'm Charlie Pellet. An unexpected drop in jobless claims and better-than-forecast earnings are overshadowing a slump in Apple. Apple down 11% after reporting the slowest profit growth since 2003. Microsoft will report after the closing bell. Analysts are expecting Microsoft to earn 75 cents a share, down 4.1% from a year ago. Willie, she is a professor at Harvard Business School. It's really a uh, question of will Microsoft achieve a good uh, platform performance in the uh, tablet space. And Microsoft shares are up by 1.25%. S&P 500 index higher by 4 points to 1499 to get above 1500 briefly, a gain of 0.3%. Dow Industrials up 75 points. NASDAQ is down 10 points. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. It's earnings season. Every now and then I have to stop and go, what's going on here? ESPN has obtained a spreadsheet of Mante Teo's cell phone records. Who cares? 
So he got duped into thinking some dude was a chick. So he told people that she died when she didn't die, even though he knew that she didn't die, but he was told she was dead. Who cares? He's a teenager. I mean, why is ESPN figuring out that he's done a thousand calls to this person? Who cares? We are obsessed in our society and sometimes just barking up the wrong tree. Hey, Apple's down 53 at 4, 60, 57. Making a little bit of a move this morning. It opened down 63. Now it's only down 53. SP 500's up 6, the Dow's up 67, the NASDAQ down 8. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. How are you today, Chad? Great. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for asking. It's always good to have you in studio talking financials, talking money with me. You often say that you can't start a financial plan without a budget. Now, again, there's a lot of things you need to know about money. Budgeting is one of them. It's probably uh, close to the top of the things that you need to know. Budgeting and goals. Yeah, I mean, you know, a true financial planner, a true fiduciary that's going to actually create a financial plan for you is going to be very cash flow oriented, which means long-term cash flow projections, long-term projections of even your tax bracket. And you can't possibly figure out whether or not you've saved enough or how much you have to save until you know what you're spending now and what you're going to spend in retirement until you've created a budget. I mean, I can't, I can't do anything for people until I know what their expenses are. You know what I mean? Right, right. Unless, they, unless I can look at their portfolio and say, well, you have way more than you need to retire on. I need a budget. It's, it's one of the metrics that you use to say, are you meeting your expectations in retirement? Are you meeting your goals or not? So younger people just really need to move slowly and buy what you can afford. That's the, that's the first thing about budgeting when you're younger is buy what you can afford. Don't buy what your parents already have. Buy what you can afford because people are going to be judging you by the size of your portfolio when you retire, not the type of car you drive. So you're saying the size does matter? Of the portfolio? Right. Definitely. Absolutely. So budgeting, you just brought up a concept. There's retirement budget, but there's also a pre-retirement budget. It's for simpler terms, of pre- like my lifestyle, I need a budget. I need to make sure that I'm not spending more than my paychecks. Yeah, well, you've got to look at the budget and see how long certain things are projected forward. You can't just look at your budget if you have young kids right now, especially in the Bay Area if you're in an area where you're using private school. That expense isn't going to be there forever. So some certain expenses... Uh, Private education, certain kids' costs, you know, the ballet every month, the soccer costs, that's going to go away at some point. But other things come back in in retirement that you've got to project as well. Like most people spend more money in the first five years of retirement than, than when they're their last five years of working because they're, they're doing either the honey-do list or the vacation dream list or buying the RV or the second home. All of that has to be projected. So you have to sit down and say, what do I want my retirement to be like? Am I really going to be happy if I just quit working at age 60 or 65? Do I have hobbies? Do I have things that, that excite me, that I'm passionate about, that I want to do? And how do I fund that? You know, How do you make money work for what you really want your life to be like? So I get the whole Rob Black's lifetime budget. You know, I get what I'm spending, what I'm not spending, what I'm saving, what I'm not saving. Um, I use Mint.com, which stands for moneyintelligence.com. It helps me with a budget because it tracks all my spending, Yeah, which yeah. is basically what a budget is. Track your spending first and foremost and then start, you know, adding other lines into that budget. Now, what do you think about Mint.com? Um, I think, uh, you know, if you can get past the first couple of quarters where it's kind of monotonous, you got to make sure things get categorized the right way. Sometimes if you're using certain cards, things can get double booked. So there's some definitely some weekly cleanup that you want to do for the first couple of months on Mint. And then, and then hopefully it gets automated for you. You sign up your credit cards and, and debit cards, and then it tracks your spending and helps you categorize that. And then you can see how you're doing versus other families in your same kind of zip code area. 
You know, are you spending more or less. Are you cool with uh, using an online tool like Mint.com where it's yeah. tracking your finances and you're not worried about hackers? Yeah, the, the, the thing that I've seen is, first of all, most credit cards and bank cards, you're going to have that $50 limit where you're, you know, responsible for maybe the first 50 bucks. But you've got to keep an eye on it in case something happens so you can shut it down. Most of the bad cases of identity theft that I've seen have to do with mail. Okay. You know, the, people that sign up their credit cards online, as long as they have a, a, a pretty recent computer right. with spyware and adware that you're constantly, you know, set your computer up so you're doing a screen every night, obviously. Um, it, I think it's a lot safer to pay checks online than to write checks. Okay. And and I'm not worried about the, the online theft, but, you know, go ahead and get your identity theft insurance if you want to. So we need to wrap this up a little bit sooner rather than later. We talked a little bit pre-retirement budget. Let's talk post-retirement budget. What are some of the surprises that people need to start allocating for that, that expense? Your dreams, first of all. So you've got to make sure you sit down now and dream what you want your retirement to be like that and budget for that. But don't forget, you've got health care costs. Medicare insur- medical insurance isn't free when you turn 65. You have Medicare. You've got to pay for Medicare Part B. That's 115 or so a month or more if you're a successful person and, and have a higher income. And you've got taxes. Most of the money people are retiring with are in their 401K. So you've got a million dollars in your 401K. That's really only 700 grand after taxes. Right? Absolutely. And then inflation, that's the biggest one. Healthcare costs are going up at five to six percent. The value of a dollar is cut in half every eighteen years, so you can't assume that your your income will be level in retirement. You've got to be able to increase it with inflation. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com or chadburton.com. He is a CFP. Another piece of economic data that came out today that we should pay note to is first-time unemployment claims were pretty darn low. Index of leading economic indicators rose one-half of 1%. But that first-time claims, it's positive. Right now, you're trying to digest all the earnings reports from all the various companies, you know, Apple, Wift, Google, Hit, you know, good, solid play. Uh, Netflix goes from a D-minus stock last year to a B-plus this year. Whoa, how did that happen? Stock reflects it. Apple goes from A-plus-plus to a A-minus or B-plus, and you can see how some things are priced for perfection. Expectations are high. Momentum breaks. This is maybe an example for people to learn from about hypergrowth becoming growth, growth becoming... Uh, Growth and in income, growth and in income become an income. Or you could look at it as you're in your 20s. In your teens and your 20s, man, could you stay up all night, three nights in a row? You could be a most passionate person with, with love. You could study. You could you know, run. You could kick field goals in the middle of the night. Oh, and then you hit your 30s. And suddenly things start to slow down. They start to break. It's a little tougher to go a little further. Same thing with companies. They mature. Doesn't mean they're going to die. Well, I guess some companies do die eventually. So Netflix up 38%. Uh, First-time unemployment claims came in at 330000 That's a good number. We're going to see some job creation this month, I'm assuming, unless something weird's happening here. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Let's send out a report on Apple later today. Sign up at robblack.com for visitor report.
Rob Black has Lafayette. We'll see you Wednesday, February 6th at 5 p.m. Black Wednesday, off the cuff with Rob Black and friends from AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and much, 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 much more. I'd love to hear... From you, the listener, 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I have a very um, uh, I have a very logical approach to the show. I'm not sure if anyone's ever figured it out. Um, I'd be interested if you think you could tell me how I run my four segments. Are you paying attention? Maybe, maybe not. Story out that really hit me in a funny, funny kind of way. And again, this is a show about money. And I hope I've made a couple of you smarter. Uh, You remember Phil Mickelson earlier this week? Old lefty, knucklehead. One of the world's top golfers from California. He made headlines by saying he might be retiring and or leaving the state as opposed to paying 62% of his income in taxes. He's not alone. California reportedly has more people leaving than coming. I'm a California homeowner. I do business in California. I have a career in California. This worries me. Makes me start thinking. Not too long ago, California was the place to be. Keep in mind, when I was six years old, I decided I wanted to move to California. I wanted to move to Silicon Valley. I wanted to work for Atari, who this week went bankrupt. Filed for bankruptcy. Um, why? This is the, California is the land of bees and honey. California has orange trees. When you're from the East Coast, you don't know what an orange tree is unless you're in Florida. You're like, that's a weird thing. California has access to talent capital. Great institutions in Northern California. I'm a bit of a UCLA fan myself, uh, as far as great institutions in the Southern part of California. I think Berkeley, Stanford... Um, get all the credit, but I think St. Mary's is a fantastic school. A fantastic school. If you have kids and your kids get into St. Mary's, I would be proud to send my kid to uh, St. Mary's. The Valley really hasn't changed that much. It it really hasn't. But the the makeup hasn't. But 15 years after the dot-com boom, it's just not even conducive for doing business here. There's just too much stuff going on. Prop 30. Prop 13. It's just too much. Not a day goes by that you don't see, you know, just crazy advertising in California business publications from Arizona, from Colorado or Texas saying, relocate here. And you'd be a fool not to think about it. You know, let's say me and a business partner both make a million dollars. He lives in a state with no income tax. So he makes a million dollars. 
I live in a state with a very high income tax, 10% almost. So I make 900000 Whoa. Right? His state has no sales tax. My state has a 10% sales tax. So his million is now a million and mine's $800,000. It's just not conducive to doing business. Apple is expanding their business in Austin, Texas. 3,600 new jobs. Apple was induced with a $21 million investment from the state of Texas. Apple can afford to pay their employees less there. It's got a lower cost of living and lower taxes. So the quote that came out of Apple was, even though we're headquartered in Silicon Valley, we wanted to expand our presence in Texas. Look for a place where we could do business more easily and where our employees would have a better quality of life. If you live in Houston and you make $27,000, $28,000, you'd have to make $50,000 in the Bay Area. So I don't think Phil Mickelson was crazy. I think he said something that as a celebrity, we don't really watch him to talk taxes. That's why it always drives me bonkers when you see Beyonce talking about presidents. When you see, like, please, please don't. Please don't. Prop 30 may be the straw that breaks the camel's backs. California gets a failing grade on a lot of levels. High personal and corporate tax rates. But it also has to do with a overly burdensome regulatory environment, which includes policies on health and safety, environmental, employment, and labor. There's a myth out there, ultimately, about California that tax-happy proponents, that taxing more won't stifle growth or change motivations to invest through capital investment or hiring. When taxes or costs are too high, it does change motivations. You know, the new health care law has stopped employers from hiring. They want to see what it looks like. They want to see how it's, it's in place. Because ultimately, they want to go home to their sugar booger and have their sugar booger get the mint, mint coat, mink's coat, or the you know, jaguar, or the pool boy. Google, Facebook, eBay, they've all adapted elaborate tax plans to reduce their U.S. tax burdens. Some would say they're tax evaders. When visionary companies like Apple diversify out of California, it should make you pause. It should really make you go, what's going on here? Do we have to cut down our spending? Prop 13 is such a broken idea and concept. And the only people who can defend it are the people who benefit from it. That's period. Period. You won't find anyone who can defend it other than the people who currently benefit from it. Mathematically, you can't make an argument for it. When the cost of living's gone up, the cost of property tax should go up. Then again, sales tax has gone up too, right? Ultimately, it's the property owners who are protected by Prop 13 that may get hurt the most. Because businesses are leaving the state, and with it, they take young taxpayers. Young people pay tax. Oftentimes, you'll hear me espouse on this show, I like South Korea. It's a weird, 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 brutal concept. Why is he saying he likes South Korea? Because they're a young, mobile workforce. 
Americans are just... We're spoon-fed. I mean, we are really spoon-fed. Bobby, good job today. Shoot the basket, Bobby. Shoot the basket. Oh, so close, Bobby. We don't toughen up. We don't have high expectations. I don't know. What what do I need to say here to make this more clear, to make this more, you know, hardcore? Uh, South Korea's got a young mobile workforce, and young mobile workforces create earnings. They're smart, which means they create higher-paying jobs. I catch a lot of flack for saying, you know, if you're going to send your kid to college to pay $100,000, don't. Don't let them become English majors. Now, I know that's not politically correct to say. Um, don't let them become poetry majors. Don't let them become behavioral science majors. Try to get them to become engineers. Try to get them to think about their career. I know it's tough when you're 18 because literally you're thinking about the other sex. Your hormones are telling you, you know, boom, 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 right? I Maybe maybe that never stops, but I think as men age, testosterone kind of seeps from us, or boom, boom, boom. So anyway, taxes matter. Taxes matter. And entitlements, they kill people who have the American dream. I came to Cali When I was six years old, I wanted to come here. I saw the Muppet movie, a movie about a frog in the swamps of Louisiana, or Florida maybe. Upping and finding a bear, Fozzie Bear. Grabbing Miss Piggy. Grabbing Gonzo, or whatever. What is Gonzo? Grabbing Gonzo's chicken friend, which is probably the first interspecies relationship on film. Maybe they didn't have a relationship, I don't know. But he brought him to California, and he busted into L.A., and he got into a movie studio, and he said, you know, life's like a movie. Write your own ending. Keep pretending. Keep believing. We've done just what we set out to do. He wanted... A career in California. I was that frog. I actually brought a friend with me to California. And you know what? I now look around and go, eh, it's nice. It's nice. But I could certainly get by in Tahoe. I could certainly get by in other places in the world for half the costs. And when I leave, my spending of a quarter plus million dollars a year leaves with me. And with that, leaves my taxes and my property taxes. And someone has to step up and replace that. And there ain't a lot of people do that. When Phil Mickelson leaves and his $60 million in income, and his property tax leaves, people start saying, how do we replace that? So quit hiding behind things that hurt, that retard. Look at what Colorado and Texas are doing. Why is their unemployment rate almost half what ours is. Why? Why is Oklahoma City's unemployment rate at 4%? You know, if I were a single woman, you know where the heck I'd be moving to right now? Wyoming. North Dakota. Where there's an oil boom going on. Oklahoma. You would be a pretty hot property there. Men who work in the oil fields, they're men. California, this land of dreams, but that's, it ain't all that. 
Find me at robblack.com. Don't forget, sign up at the visitor. Sign up at robblack.com. I'm sending out a report on Apple later today. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money on Rob Black talking all things financial. To get your calls in the air, it's 800 516 Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. I don't get enough calls. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke. People are so funny. They always want to be right. Just got an email from Alan. Good God, man. That's all I'll say is good God, man. Grow up. This is a discussion. This is not a be right prophetic session. Um, CEO Stephen Elop of Nokia. He's got more than 20,000 jobs. He's trying to conserve cash to challenge Apple and Google. They make great little phones. I mean, they beat the snot out of Motorola. Motorola was once the dominant cell phone maker in America. In the world. Eh, More in America. Nokia was the dominant cell phone maker in the world. Nokia had figured out digital phones, which is just a weird concept because... You know, I don't know if you remember buying CDs and they're analog, digital, digital, and they went digital, digital. Like, and people, enthusiasts, like, have to try to be right. But Nokia once was Apple. And then Sony had all these great electronic products, and they're like, man, these guys are going to figure out the phone. And Nokia kind of beat them out still. Sony partnered with Sony Ericsson, and they're going to beat out Nokia. And now... And then Palm Pilots started coming out, PDAs, personal digital assistants, not public displays of affection. Get your, get your uh, letters right. Um, ASP, RB, ASAP, call me ASAP. Um, so, yeah, what goes around comes around. Very, very cyclical world. Nokia is going to admit their dividend for the first time in a hundred in 43 years. That's a headline. So Apple sinks. Market treads a little bit of water. But no, not really. Apple's having a rough day. So you had a bad day, which is great. My happiest days in the world are when markets are down, not when they're up. I'm young. I've got time. Will Apple be able to fix itself? Yeah, that's not the question right now. To me, the question is S&P 500 is up 7. Dow's up 80. NASDAQ down 3. I see worst case scenario downside on Apple to about 425. It should start moving on product numbers and product concepts later this year. 
like it did last year. Remember last year this time? We're like, yeah, there's going to be a, a television in the fall. Nope. No television. A lot of people want people to uh, Tim Cook fired. I don't know. No earth-shaking new products despite endless hints at earth-shaking new products out of Apple. Apple sales were inhibited by product shortage. That's a good thing and a bad thing. You know, you got to get your yields and your manufacturing up. But at the same point in time, you got to be able to deliver when, when the, the iron's hot. Innovate. Don't tweak. Innovate. Now, again, one of the nice things about a bad quarter, if you look historically back at Apple, when they came out with a 3 they had a bad quarter. When they came out with a 3G, they had a good quarter. Because basically it's the same phone with just tweaks, with not, not a lot of innovations. The 4, big step forward, manufacturing no problem, margins were hit. 4S, not so much, a little bit easier. Same thing with a 5, 5's out, margins get hit. Will they come out with a 5S? I'll tell you what, one thing that I'm not excited about with Apple is they're like, we're going to come out with colored iPhones. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll, yeah, <laughs> colored iPhone, yeah. With that said, they still have a great ecosystem, although it's a pricey ecosystem. Uh, you know, let's let's put it this way. I got Amazon Prime, and uh, I ordered a business DVD, something, you know, I was, I was studying up on. And they instantly say, hey, that business DVD, you can now watch it on Amazon Prime anytime you want. You can basically throw away the DVD. I'm like, really? Nice. Now, for parents who have bought their kids Monsters and Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, and, you know, kids like shiny things, so they put their fingers all over the DVD. Oh, it's a killer, right? Because those Disney films ain't cheap. And uh, long story short, Amazon Prime, it's there. Watch it right here. I like that. Again, it doesn't work for rentals. It only works for movies you buy, but you see where I'm going out with that. Um, Market's doing great. Weekly initial claims, 330,000. Expectations were 355,000. December leading indicators up one half a percent. Expectations were for up one half a percent. Previous month was flat, so it's a month-to-month move in the right direction. Consumer discretionary doing well today. Healthcare and financials doing well. Financials should have a good year. Home builders should have a nice year. Now, financials next year, that's when I think they're going to start really not benefiting from the uh, low interest rate environment, the flat yield curve. It'll be tougher for them to make money. So maybe that's a play that's only three quarters this year. Right? Get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You find me online at robblack.com. I'm going to send out a report later today. If you sign up at visitor, sign up at robblack.com, robblack.com. I'm going to send out a report later today on Apple and much, much more. Success depend on a solid game plan.
Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Good day on the markets. SP five hundred up eight. What's good about that, you say? Well, we're having a great year so far. The Dow's up eighty eight. Nasdaq down four. Apple's getting smoked. I talked Extendedly in the first segment and third and first segment and second segment on Apple. Tons of content that if you want to go back, you can go to kdow.biz and listen to a stream of the show. And or get the Rob Black app from iTunes or get the Rob Black app from Google. And or what else? Um, get the podcast. The podcast will be up later today, typically about ten minutes after the show. You can get it at kdow.biz. And or you can get it at iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money. Apple open aggressively lower. People are asking me, should we buy, sell, hold? I don't know. Depends on what you bought it for. On one hand, it's an income stock that's going to return a prodigious amount of cash to shareholders. Forty-five plus billion dollars in the next three years. Uh, they'll probably raise their dividend. What are they going to do with all that cash? They've got 137 billion dollars. They can buy every person on the planet a $20 meal with that cash. That's a lot of cash. Why are tech companies holding on to so much cash? Stop it, guys. Like, you're holding on to too much cash. Not exactly buying stuff back. They should. Uh, Consider it. Uh, Dividends, great idea. I prefer dividends to buybacks. Boeing 787 is going to stay grounded as the U.S. can't explain fires. Um, interesting. Will it create a buying opportunity? Short term? Long term? Will it slip? The top two U.S. aviation regulators said they don't know what led to battery flaws that prompted them to ground Boeing 787 and defended their decision to not let, play, uh, not let the plane fly until the cause is found. Transportation Secretary Roy LaHood and the FAA approved the plane, and now they're going back and saying, you know what, no. The goal is to get it done as quickly as possible, of course. So watch that stock ticker symbol BA. BA. What else is out there today as far as big stories? You can drop an email to me, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. In talking to... I kind of mentioned a little bit about, it's kind of nice the markets are up. The S&P 500 and the Dow are having an amazing start to the year. And one stock today is a huge winner that was a huge loser last year. Netflix, up 38%. World's largest online video service beat its forecast for the fourth quarter. Subscriber growth. Their company should probably send a big fat wet kiss over to Apple in large part due to the iPad Mini and the iPad, which wasn't in existence three years ago. Why should they send a big fat white kiss? Because watching movies on your computer, at your desk, kind of sucks. On your notebook, it's okay. Put an iPad, walk around the house, on the subway, in the car, 
It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, Amazon Prime. They should be very thankful that you know the iPad's out there and has been as accepted as it has. Apple's quarter was had some misses on their desktops, which came out, but they weren't able to fulfill demand early enough, so they missed their numbers. They missed their numbers on the iPhone. 48 million phones sold as an introduction of a phone. Stunning. Not all of them iPhone 5s. iPhone 4 is still a pretty good product, which some people are starting to realize, like, hey, my phone does a lot. Do I need a brand new one? Uh, if it's only going to be incremental, probably not. So, those are some of the big stories on the market today. But another big story on the market, first time unemployment claims, well below 350,000, 335,000, 330,000. That's the, that's nice. Applications for unemployment decreased to 330,000. We should be able to have a decent jobs number in February, as the last two first-time unemployment claims were well below 350. Leading economic indicators up one half a percent. Sorry, I'm not, I'm not using a lot of emotion in my voice. It's uh, got a little bit of a sore throat. So, um, leading economic indicators improved. Uh, November was unchanged. So, we're looking, we're setting, set a little bit of a momentum, hopefully. It's too early, but hopefully. China growth, China manufacturing expanded at the fastest rate in two years. According to a survey, preliminary reading of purchasing managers index rose to 51.9, reading from 51.5 in December. Good golly, my voice is struggling. Um... Nokia can emit their dividend for the first time in 143 years. That's pretty powerful. Davos Economic Forum, I don't care about. There used to be a point in time where, you know, a World Economic Forum was, I'm not going to say enlightening, but everyone has opinions, and because the Internet's out there and information's cheap, it's uh, not that bad. I don't know if you've ever looked at the, some of the videos out there for uh, China. It's shocking what a smog problem that they have there. Especially in Beijing. Uh, what else do we have to hit? Good God, I think I could probably go home for this point in time. One UBS analyst lowers their Apple price target to 600 from 650 saying the shift to more realistic guidance seems overdue that will result in substantial downward estimate revisions. Competition is stiffened. think it's premature to count Apple out in terms of regaining a phone lead and creating new categories. In the meantime, they say there's little excuse to not accelerate stock repurchase, in their opinion. They're surprised the stock sold off so much in the aftermarket. The good news is Apple can now become oversold in what may be capitulation. Stock needs a catalyst, which will probably come with new products in June. June. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the conference call last night. I'll say conference calls are a little bit nerdy, and i got to watch how nerdy I go on this show, because uh, it ain't cool. But one analyst was like, why are you changing guidance? Like, 
uh, are you saying that before you kind of under under promised and so that you could out like so that like you were all that impressive? Like one of the things I'll tell a woman, you meet a woman, you say things like, uh, "Yeah, I'm just I'm okay," and then you're better than okay, and you're like, "Ooh, sweet, he could cook." So you under promise, you over deliver. Uh, I'm just a guy. I put my pants on one leg at a time. And then they're just wowed by like your big sense of adventure, your big sense of whatever it is. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. This is Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street Business Network. What each group it was people out there too. Do you want to next month with You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So I got an email from Mark. He goes, Your thoughts on an American Airlines bankruptcy stock. It's A A M R Q. Just for gambling type of funds. It's a buck thirty-eight or so. Here's the problem, Mark, is that most times when airlines or other companies go into bankruptcy, one of the things that they do is you're, you're low man on the totem pole. You invest in common stock. You are owed nothing. You took the risk of the profits. You took the risk of, hey, I owe, I'm an owner. The reality is is that you need to be incredibly careful on that concept and, and knowing where you are in the pecking order in bankruptcy. Banks bankruptcy judge is going to say, you know what? We're going to make good on the bondholders. We're going to make good on the employees. Later on, we're going to make good on the common stockholders. For every time that you're right, I'll be right 99 times. You can try to be cute and play with gambling money, as you put it. Only time I'd ever gamble in my life is if a woman's involved. Like, no thank you. I remember once when I was in high school, I was at the beach. And uh, I had a little spring break love thing going on. A little crush. And uh, guys had this cool little miniature palm tree. Like, it's a miniature palm tree. Like, almost like, uh, it was so small, it it was just odd and it was real. It was alive. And he said, I'll give you the palm tree for the girl. And I said, no, 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 no. I should have done it. I should have gambled because odds are she wasn't going to stick with me. She was a little spring thing. But I probably still have a miniature little, you know what I'm saying? I have something kind of cool. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-516-1220. Let's take a quick look at the market numbers and see what we got going. Apple down 53 points this morning. Woo. Buy an opportunity? We'll talk about it. S&P 500 up 5, Dow up 90, NASDAQ down 5. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton is a financial planner with New Focus Financial. Coming in today to talk a little bit about long-term care insurance. Let's start with what is long-term care? Well, long-term care insurance, and, and for the record, I don't sell long-term care insurance. Okay, that's but, good. You know, fee-based financial planning, but I'm a huge believer in it. I started in this business at a pretty young age with my grandfather who had a lot of older clients. Right. 
And about two years into the business, it seemed like the phone was ringing almost every week. I'd get a call from a husband or a wife saying, they've gone into a nursing home, they've got Alzheimer's, uh, you know, how am I going to pay for this? It's Back then, it was even three or $4,000 a month. Now you're approaching five or six. In the Bay Area, you can see nursing home costs as high as 10 for a, a month for right. skilled nursing facility. Which, do the math, that's $100,000 a year. You know, yeah, 120. So the average person, once they go into a nursing home, first of all, once you hit about 70, there's about a 60% chance you're going in. Okay. And the average stay is three years. So that includes the people that go in for 10 years with dementia and just, you know, and, and that's, the, that's the killer of the portfolio. Yeah. And then there's those that go in for six months and have a stroke and die or, or you know, whatever. It's, it's the average stay in America is about three years. And Medicare doesn't cover it. If you, if you go through the right steps and you end up in a hospital for you know, three days and with a 30 days, there's all these rules to get yeah. any kind of a, a short-term coverage from Medicare. So the long-term, it's up to you. Okay. you, you either, you're either going to – you've got a couple of options. You can either pay for yourself. That means you've saved more than enough for retirement – so the person that that's able to self-insure is those people that are 65, and they're able to live off of you know maybe two to three percent of their portfolio, and that's more than enough. Right. They can probably self-insure. There's middle America, which they're retiring and they're having to live off of four or five percent of their portfolio at 65. They need the long-term care insurance the most. And then there's those that haven't saved enough. They're going to go on Medicare, or Medicaid rather, and it's called Medi-Cal in California, which means to get that coverage, not only it's typically not the kind of care you'd really want for yourself or your parents. But you've got to spend down to 2000 bucks, and only a certain amount of your home is now protected as an asset as well. So the, the biggest thing about long-term care insurance is it actually helps you stay out of a nursing home. If you have an event, you, have, you lose the five activities of daily living. Let's right. say it's dressing or eating or continence, whatever. They'll pay for somebody to come to your house and take care of you. It helps you stay in your home. Right. And tell me a nursing home that you've like that you've been in and you, oh, great food, great people. This is where I want to be in retirement. No, I'd rather have a wheelchair ramp built at my house so I can stay there. And right? the, the, the parent that you put in that old folks' home, they're not happy and they're, they're, they're bitter and they're pissed about it. So it's a lose-lose scenario. So long-term care, just so people know, my grandmother, she had Alzheimer's disease for five years and it was horrific watching mm-hmm. her die. Uh, did you know, like, if you don't get out of bed, like, your foot, your bones become so frail, they just collapse? Mm-hmm. Your yeah. arms start to curl up towards your heart because that's just age. Like, you just sit in there waiting to die. Bed sores and everything else. It's ugh. My mother's had a couple strokes, and she's been in um, long-term care three times in the last five years. So it, this is a real issue. For me, I don't know, because I'm, I'm going to live forever, Chad. You know, it's, that's the, that's the, the people that need it. You know, if you've got fam- you go. more family history of people just having a massive cholesterol issues and they have a heart attack and die right. versus if I get a client and they have both parents went in with dementia or Alzheimer's, right. um, even the wealthy ones that can do the, the 1% to 2% of income and, and be completely fine, yeah. what happens is, is they get to that point in time and somebody else, like a kid, is making the decision for them on care. Right. And the kid's worried about their inheritance. They're thinking, oh, dad's got Alzheimer's. He doesn't even know where he's at. I'm going to put him in this house where he's sharing a room with somebody else so I can inherit more money. So even wealthy people might want to look at long-term care insurance to take the financial piece of the health care decision yeah. out of the mix. It's really an estate planning piece as well. And you can write that type of instruction into your trusts. So, with, that, with that said, do poor people need to buy long-term care? Um, you know, it... You know what I mean. Poor people can't afford it. I mean, it's yeah. it's kind of one of those things where you're where you're looking at costs of two hundred and fifty dollars a month and up. Yeah. If you buy the stuff, it's you know early. Okay. It's more if you buy it later in life. Four to five thousand a month. 
Oh, yeah, if you're 75 or 80. Okay. You know, I mean, it gets to the point. You know, you've got to get it purchased typically by 65, 66. So in the ghetto, you don't need you don't need long-term care insurance. <laughs> poor people don't need it because the, they can't afford it. Poor people are too old. You can't afford it. It's, it's, your, your risk is too high. You haven't paid in the pool long enough. And don't think that it might, you know, most of the time when you're going to buy long-term care insurance, um, the agents say, well, rates aren't likely to go up. But really they are. Because an insurance company, the only way they can raise rates is if they can go to the state and say, look, we've had higher than expected claims. We need to raise the rates, and the state will let them do that. So that could happen as well. Talking retirement issues and more with certified financial planner Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, again, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Uh, Amazon.com is buying a company called Ivana, and it's a company that's already built into their Kindle Fire products. Um, Amazon continues to execute pretty well, again, very low numbers. They're no Apple as far as total units sold, but a lot of people in America, a lot of people in the world, they don't care. They want a low-end, low-cost, you know, that's what they need. That's one of the problems Apple's going to face, and it's a damnation game. Do you go with a lower-margin product or not? I'm just sitting out some thoughts today on Apple. You can sign up for my thoughts via email at robblack.com under visitor sign-up. Visitor sign-up. Amazon, Samsung, Google. These are good times. Rob Black, your money on the Wall Street Business Network. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. This Barry. We're from Trinity Debt Management. 793-91-HasMeDown.com. What's in your financial playbook? Whether you're just starting out on the 20-yard line or driving toward the end zone, your chances of success depend on a solid game plan. Join Rob Black on February 2nd for back-to-back seminars on wealth management and wealth accumulation. From 9 a.m. till noon, it's wealth preservation and retirement planning with CFP Chad Burton. Learn tax reduction strategies, estate planning tips, how to reduce risk by diversifying, and how to pull money out of the markets in retirement. Rob and Chad will discuss the economic outlook, portfolio strategies, asset allocation, and more. At 1 p.m., it's Money 101 with the focus on wealth accumulation. Rob will cover everything from insurance, 401Ks, IRAs, asset allocation, good debt and bad debt, and more. Learn hints, tips, and tricks, and see how eliminating common mistakes can make a huge difference. Bring your portfolio and your questions to the Embassy Suites Hotel in Walnut Creek on February 2nd. Wealth preservation from 9 to noon, wealth accumulation from 1 to 4. Register today at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I would imagine many of you want me to continue to talk about Apple. I certainly can. One of the things that I could also throw out there is kind of know yourself. 
Uh, a lot of people buy stocks and hope that they go up. One phrase that I'll use again and again and again on the show is you rent tech stocks, you own dividend achievers, companies that have a history of increasing their dividends. Um, Intel used to be a great tech stock. Now it's a dividend achiever. Microsoft used to be a great tech stock. Now it's a dividend achiever. Now, again, there's better dividend achievers, or there's different dividend achievers. Some that are financially oriented, some that are retail oriented, some that all are, you know, various sectors. Utilities, like the utilities are boring because they have no growth, but they have a nice dividend. Pay your electricity or we'll shut it off. Innovation is a messy business is what we learn about with Apple. And I think this is a good lesson to learn because... A lot of people don't see creative destruction. I'd rather be Boeing or Apple competitively than not. Nine years ago, Boeing executives decided to take the biggest leap in airline technology in a generation. They developed the 787 Dreamliner. They promised it would burn less fuel while flying farther and offering more passenger comfort. The plane would be a true game changer. Nine years ago... The plane showed Boeing's commitment to innovation. Airlines want to save money. They want to woo flyers. They ordered a record number of the Dreamliners. Now totaling 848. Competitor Airbus instantly revamped their product line in response. Boeing's juggling. They're struggling to master their innovation, the Dreamliner. The body and wings made of plastic reinforced with carbon fiber. They're hard to make. They're hard to attach. Last thing in the world you want is your incredibly light plane falling apart in the air. Unless you have a suicide thing that I don't know about. The power distribution panels that run the plane's advanced electrical systems have overheated and ignited. And that's not good. I don't know if you ever get kind of gloomy and watch like crazy TV at night. The world's worst airline disasters. Uh, One plane was on GPS flying through Peru. GPS just doesn't take into account mountains. So it did the shortest direction to the airport straight into a mountain. You don't want your electrical systems, your power systems, you don't want them failing. Companies, governments, academics, they looked at the 787 as a dreamliner, American ingenuity. It showed you how great the U.S. could be in a global economy. Airbus has, like, different countries making the planes. We did it with one company, not countries, company. So Boeing's backers say the dreamliner will prove revolutionary and that it will win out. Airbus and smaller airplane makers have recently faced similar if less dramatic crises with some of their promising advances. Innovation carries risk. Apple's iPhone is a very, very tech evolutionary product as far as the display goes. As far as the thinness of it. But it's been a bit of a mess. Tim Cook had to fire people because of the maps application disaster 
I've been saying for years that you know I'm not going to trade my Google phone until uh, Apple has good a better app, Maps app. It's the one thing that's important to me. My Google Maps, it tells me to a minute how long it's going to take me to get somewhere. You know, yesterday I did the 5 o'clock news, and it told me within a minute on a rainy day how long it was going to take me to get 25 miles. Entirely new jetliners get developed only about once a decade, costing billions of dollars. A jetliner will sell on average for about $100 million a piece. Roughly the price of an office building. Roughly the price of 200,000 iPads. Anyhow, uh, this airliner has had a lot of delays. You can't introduce an airplane so radically different without having issues. Um, A lot of people won't buy a new version of a car or truck until the second or third generation of it for the exact same reasons. Some people don't want to be early adapters to technology. I get that. Wholeheartedly get that. So, innovation, very expensive, but you would rather be in Boeing's position. You'd rather be in Apple's position. Now, again, I'm not telling you to go out and buy Apple. I ain't doing that. I think it's cheaper today than it was yesterday. I think there's less risk in it. Depends on what you need. Do you want income? Do you want a little bit of growth and in income? I think it's a, a, a steal at 425. I still think it can get to 6, 700 in the coming months and years. It's too big of a company, too big of a company to grow at 25% a year. Because when you take a look at their growth, it's not growing at 25% a year anymore, year over year. And people notice these things. People, you know, they're not stupid. Or maybe they are stupid. So in December 2011, about $45 billion in revenues. This time about $52, $53 billion. That's not blowout. Growth on a year-to-year basis. Overall for the company, not so good. Profits, basically flat. The iPad, doing well. But the iPad isn't exploding like the iPhone did. iPhone shipments, meh, meh. December 2012, about 48 million. December 2011, about 38 million. These are good numbers, but they're not going to grow at 25, 30%. So let the hyper-growth investors leave. Maybe even let the growth investors leave until they get a new growth catalyst, which won't come at least until June. Stick around if you want to be a growth and income guy. It's probably the easiest way of looking at it. What other things do we need to talk about today? Oh, good golly. Let's talk about what the analysts are saying on Apple, because I know some people are fascinated by that. So, um, Netflix. I should probably talk Netflix. I just don't want to. Netflix... They're super benefiting from what Apple's done. I normally don't pay a lot of attention to super big companies like Apple. They're pretty easy to follow. Apple's a value stock today based on valuations, based on price to earnings, price to sales, price to uh, their margins, their 
uh, debt levels, none, $137 billion in cash. It trades at nine times 2013 earnings. Will it be able to reignite their growth going forward? I think so. The multiple's cheap, too, if you assume that estimates don't come down more aggressively in the coming quarters. One of the problems with Apple is is that their products cannibalize each other. Now, if estimates come down next quarter and the next quarter because people are no longer buying Macs, desktops, notebooks, and instead are buying iPads and iPad minis, ouch. So it could be a, uh, an earnings vacuum for the next couple of quarters. The thing that could be the catalyst for the stock, maybe a TV or maybe some sort of product announcements in June. Maybe a music service. Maybe they acquire someone that we go, wow, with that $137 billion that you're generating $13 billion every 90 days. Think about that concept for a second. They basically generate $2.8 billion every 30 days. $13 billion every 90 days. A multiple can change from expensive to cheap in a very short period of time. And a multiple can go from cheap. It can, it can be expanded with any sort of growth catalyst. So, hmm. Apple target lowered from 725 to 600 RBC capitals. Strong ramp of iPhones and iPads. 260 basis point upside of gross margins. Conservative March quarter. Multiple upcoming catalysts. That's the positives. The negatives are cannibalizations, hurting revenues and margins. Change in commentary. They basically said, we're going to be more honest. Instead of looking like, wow, we beat numbers. Lack of new innovative products are the negatives. They will benefit from all of the product that they released in the last 90 days, basically becoming into manufacturing schedules, easier to produce, have to throw fewer away. But this is a pretty hard blow. Everyone in that whole little world of Apple getting hit pretty hard today with it as well. One analyst cuts it from 800 to 560, one from 725 to 600, one from 600 to 575, one from 640 to 580. Morgan Stanley takes it off their best ideas list. How about that for a day late? So there's no doubt there's a different way of viewing that company today and from yesterday. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm going to send out a report later today on Apple. You can sign up for the report at visitor sign up at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black Your Money on the Wall Street Business Network. AM 12. NASDAQ, a losing day. Lower. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart Radio Station. So I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I have a Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. 
Go give me some love. Join it. I've got a Twitter account, Rob Black Show. Go give me some love. Join it. I'm going to be doing an event next Saturday in the Walnut Creek area of the Bay Area. You can learn more about that at robblack.com. You can learn a little bit more about what I do in television. I post my television videos every morning. Talk about the uh, morning market news. And then uh, I do winners and losers of the day plus your email questions. You can look at those at youtube.com under Rob Black Show. I try realistically to do as best I can teaching you words like capitulation. Capitulation is when a company, people just give up on it. We've seen capitulation quickly turn into an opportunity. For instance, earlier this year, Facebook, well, not this year, I guess late last year, Facebook came out, and they're having a tough time figuring out how to do mobile. You get on your Facebook mobile right now, like I'll do this right now. I'll jump on my phone, and I'll go to Facebook, and you don't really see ads. Um, hit not now. Okay, my friend updated me on a story he just did. Uh, there's a friend who, well, it's good to see my brother. Not really seeing the ads. So, stock was at 17 when they when people started noticing that. Now it's at 30. Just months later. Months later. Google came out with an earnings report where they were having pretty big problems getting click-throughs on desktop. And again, the desktop, is it dying? <laughs> Maybe it's more of an enterprise story versus a home story. I mean, don't we all at home want to stop dealing with wires, don't we all? I mean, good God, we need a DVD plug for this and a plug for that, and cable needs to plug in here, and uh, the simplicity. You know, I told you, I had a friend that had lots and lots and lots and lots of books, and people were like, hey, I like books. I like the feel of them. But people under the age of 30 like, if I have to move, i got to carry those heavy things around. They're just clutter. Gone. In comes the e-readers, in comes the iPads, in comes the Kindles, and much, much more. So Google, at its worst, was having problems because of the desktop is slowing. Microsoft is going to show us that tonight with earnings. And, uh, you know, Google went from 650 up to 750 since that quarter. Now, again, I'm not saying go do this yourself. I'm not in any way hinting, pushing, shoving you to try to become an investor that you're not. If your inclination is to sell, sell. If your inclination is to buy, buy. My inclination is to tell people don't buy individual stocks. Because I think most people are greedy on the upside and fearful on the downside. A lot of people don't stop to take a look at metrics. Like, I'm going to take a look at Starbucks right now. And they're going to report numbers tonight. Um, yeah, they haven't reported yet. So they're going to report tonight, I believe. Yeah, ahead of the bell. Um, I look at Starbucks, and it's expensive. 
you know, I'd certainly like buy more Starbucks, but at a cheaper price. Last month, Seattle-based Starbucks said that it plans to operate 20,000 cafes globally in the next two years, up from currently 18,000. They purchased a small San Francisco bakery, La Boulange. They, they purchased a tea shop called Tivana, Evolution Fresh Juice. They introduced a single-serve coffee brewer called Verismo. Verismo, ciao. A weak spot for Starbucks has been Europe, so I'm going to listen to their call and see exactly what's happening with expansion. See if uh, Howard Schultz has anything to teach me. They bought Tazo tea a couple years ago for spit. Now it's worth a lot of money. Um, you can only own so many stocks. You can only own so many ETFs. you got to find what works for you. Starbucks yields 1.5%, and it's got a valuation of 30 times earnings. Its Ford P is 20 times. Now compare that to, say, like an Intel. And what you see is Intel yields 4.3%. You get double the dividend. You get a 9 PE. You get 10 times next year's earnings. So you probably don't get a lot of growth there. So with Starbucks, you're still getting growth. You're still getting acquisitions. But with Intel, you get a little bit of safety and some downside protection. Um, Furthermore, furthermore, let's throw an apple real quick. Again, keep in mind, I told you that PE of Intel is at nine times, not growing. Apple's P.E. is at 10 times this year's. Yields 2.1%, half the yield of Intel. But it trades at eight times next year's earnings, and they're still growing earnings. And they'll they'll get their manufacturing working in the right direction. Uh, They better. That's the thought, at least. Um, I don't know if I have a final thought on this. Oh, Intel's worth $104 billion. Apple can buy them and still have $30 billion left in cash and still earn $15 billion plus a quarter. Like, that's how big Apple is. It's a big one. The bigger they are, the harder they fall, sure. But it's tough to grow an 800-pound girl into a 900-pound girl. It's easy to grow an 80-pound girl into a 90-pound girl. You're listening to Rob Black and your money. Don't forget, I'm going to be sending out a report later today. Sign up at Visitor. Sign up under robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.